Africa is a place of many contrasts, geographically, economically, culturally, and financially. While the continent is home to some of the poorest countries in the world, it's also home to some of the world's fastest growing economies, thriving financial ecosystems, and world-beating innovation. And while financial inclusion for the continent as a whole remains amongst the lowest in the world, this headline figure overlooks the staggering advances that have been made over the past 20 years. Many of these advances have been made possible by digital technologies, such as mobile phones, digital-only banking, and cryptocurrencies, which have enabled many countries around the continent to make rapid progress by leapfrogging legacy technologies and systems used elsewhere. Welcome to Africa's Digital Financial Journey, a podcast series that discusses the amazing changes underway across the continent's financial services sector and how technology is being used to widen and deepen financial inclusion from Cairo to the Cape. I'm John Everington, Middle East and Africa editor at The Banker magazine, and in this first episode, I'm going to be looking back at the birth of mobile money on the continent, revisiting the story of the most famous mobile money brand of all, M-Pesa, and examining the impact that it and other mobile banking operators are continuing to have 15 years later. Around 20 years ago, as a young telecoms journalist attending an otherwise humdrum industry conference in the south of France, I was struck by a presentation given by the CEO of a mobile operator in the Philippines. Frustrated by the cost of physical mobile scratch cards, the only way the majority of its users could buy mobile airtime in those days, the company began experimenting with a different approach, selling airtime via text message. As well as doing away with the cost of millions of physical scratch cards, the company soon found that distributing airtime over SMS had several other, often unintended, benefits. Instead of saving for days or weeks to buy even the smallest scratch card denomination, customers with lower incomes could now buy far smaller amounts of airtime. The operator's retail network expanded significantly, given that now anyone with a mobile phone could start selling airtime as a part-time or full-time agent. And perhaps most crucially, customers could transfer airtime via SMS between their family, friends, and even complete strangers who needed a few pesos worth of credit. Already by this stage, prepaid mobile phone services offered by a new class of private mobile operators across Africa, including Celtel, Oriscom, MTN, Vodafone, and its local subsidiary Vodacom, had revolutionised communications across the continent, leapfrogging the comparatively basic and expensive offerings offered by state-owned telcos. Yet when airtime sales via SMS came to the continent, it opened up a whole world of possibilities. On my first arrival in Africa, I could see that things just worked completely differently. I've come from the Western world into this new environment, and it really made me think a lot about it. People didn't have bank accounts, but they did have mobile phones. This is Leslie Ann McLean the founder of MFX, a consultancy working in East Africa in financial services transformation. Arriving for the first time in Kenya in 2005, she witnessed firsthand how people on the ground were already using airtime transfers as a crude form of remittances and payments in the absence of effective and affordable solutions from local banks. A transactional service running in Kenya that was airtime-based but very much an informal means of, of moving money around. Leslie was part of a project in Kenya, sponsored by Vodafone and the UK's Department for International Development, and with the blessing of the government, that sought to harness the potential demonstrated by airtime transfers. The new service, M-Pesa, launched in conjunction with Vodafone's Kenyan subsidiary, Safaricom, in 2007. It was initially focused on the distribution and repayment of microloans rather than remittances and payments. We were actually looking at the problem of microfinance inefficiency 
And how do we think about making that more efficient with digital services? And obviously that we were inspired by some of the things that we could see with SMS technology and, and airtime and, and the way that distribution models were in telecommunications to help load airtime into phones. And that was a big part of how the design kind of went forwards from there. But over the course of the pilot, we just we really saw that maybe it was too early for the complications of microfinance Grameen Foundation modeling across the board. And there was a couple of really interesting parts of what we'd done with MPESA that was really valuable for a remittance-based product. And that was the fact that we could move e-money anywhere between any customer in the, in the ecosystem. You could also buy airtime. And we had built this distribution network of agent points where you could cash in and cash out both, not just by airtime. While the microfinance side of M-Pesa failed to take off, customers in Kenya soon found plenty of other uses for the service, as a remittance tool, as a means of safely storing money, and even as an early payment mechanism. Within eight months of the service's launch, a million Kenyans had signed up to the service. Growth of the service snowballed from there, explains Shamil Jusub, Group CEO at Vodacom, which joined with Safaricom in 2020 to acquire the M-Pesa brand product development and support services from Vodafone as additional services were added. Then, of course, from there, you've built a number of use cases and being able to pay bills, taking nano lending or micro lending through, uh, through M-Pesa also became a key part of, uh, of the success. And, and then I would say the wide adoption by merchants or pay by M-Pesa or being able to pay by M-Pesa also became very, very popular. Fast forward to 2022, and m is used by 96% of Kenyan households, with over 50% of Kenya's GDP carried over the network. The service is used by around 50 million customers across Africa, with 5.7 billion transactions recorded in the last quarter. And of course, m isn't the only mobile money provider in the game. MTN's own mobile money platform, Momo, recently overtook m to become the continent's largest mobile money provider by users with Orange Money and Airtel Money among major mobile offerings from telcos operating across the continent. The impact on financial inclusion in Africa has been staggering. Data compiled by the World Bank found that the percentage of people aged 15 and above across sub-Saharan Africa with a bank account rose from just 34.3% in 2014 to 55.1% by 2021 with much of the rise attributed to the growth of mobile money accounts. Having a mobile money account is more prevalent than having a standard bank account in 11, or 1 in 5, countries across the continent. In spite of such headline successes, it's worth noting that mobile banking has not been an unqualified success everywhere. M-Pesa continues to thrive in African countries including Ghana, Tanzania, Mozambique and the Democratic Republic of Congo. Yet the company struggled in South Africa, where financial inclusion was already higher than average, closing in 2016 after failing to gain significant traction after six years of operations. The service was launched and subsequently closed in Eastern Europe and also in India, where the service either failed to take off or was forced to close under regulatory pressure. More fundamental infrastructure challenges continue to hold back mobile money offerings across the continent, says Leslie Ann McLean. Notably, uneven mobile coverage across the continent's rural areas home to more than half of sub-Saharan Africa's population. When you're in the city, there's lots of good mobile strength, mobile connection. But when you go to the rural areas, it's not as as strong. And 
as a consequence, it makes mobile money a lot less reliable. It makes it non-existent if there's no signal. So what have been the key factors behind the success of M-Pesa and other mobile money offerings across Africa? While mobile technology underpins mobile money providers, training up a motivated network of agents to handle the cash inside of the business is all important, says Leslie-Anne McLean. Agents are the cornerstone of the successful service today because cashing is, is really important for enabling your business model and it's the main touch point with customers today. Agents are customers too. Happy agents often means happy customers. The design of the service was key as well for customers that initially were not too familiar with even basic mobile phones and whose financial literacy skills were low. The service needs to be easy to understand from the outset and you can add more later, but don't show everything at once <laughs> that you want to do with the customer. Understand the financial literacy level of your customer. It's super important to not expect them to know exactly how to do everything you can do. Perhaps the key to the early successes of M-Pesa was the open approach of the Central Bank of Kenya and other progressive monetary authorities, which were willing to take a chance on mobile money as a means of increasing financial inclusion, says Vodacom's Shamil Jusub. The progressive nature of the way it was done in, in Kenya and Tanzania, of course, became a big uh, recipe for success. I think other countries struggled with being able to, you know, get around. Some some wanted to go for banking type solutions and apply banking regulations onto M-Pesa, only license it to the bank. So you saw a myriad of different parts where, where it took other countries a lot longer to, to get there. But I think now a more widely adopted across Africa and um, having taken from the learnings of what happened in Kenya and Tanzania, that became, you know, you, you started to see regulators really change their approach to mobile money. While many of the gains of mobile banking have been apparent for some time in the continent, an exciting new frontier has recently emerged in the form of Nigeria, Africa's most populous country by far. In late 2018, the country introduced its own structure for mobile banking, called Payment Service Banks, PSBs, which are licensed to take deposits, issue debit cards and make payments, but so far not offer loans. Mobile operators Globalcom, MTN and Airtel are among those that have already been awarded PSB licenses. The new PSBs are unlikely to witness the extreme levels of growth that M-Pesa witnessed in its early years in Kenya and in East Africa. Nigeria's banks have developed their own mobile-based offerings already, with a variety of other players, such as Pogo, offering hybrid mobile money services for several years. Yet the reach of mobile operators into the country's rural areas, home to nearly half of the country's population, give the new PSBs an advantage over their rivals, according to Muyiwa Ebitanmi, the CEO and Managing Director of Smart Cash PSB, subsidiary of Airtel, which launched services in May. When you think about the percentage of Nigerian adult population that is still financially excluded, then there is still a lot of potential in Nigeria. And so this opportunity is what we see, where we will focus on educating the illiterate population in Nigeria, where we focus product and services on the population in the rural areas and we leverage the distribution network we have built that is focused on rural area predominantly to be able to deliver services. We believe with that desire 
we will still be able to capture a completely new market that is currently excluded from the financial services space. It's early days yet, but the initial signs for PSBs in Nigeria are encouraging. While Airtel has yet to release early customer numbers, MTN reported in early August that its Momo PSB in Nigeria had registered 4.2 million wallets in its first six weeks, of which 2.4 million were active users. Mobile money may not be a new story anymore, but Nigeria's experience shows that it still has plenty of growth left to come across Africa. Thank you for listening to Africa's Digital Financial Journey, a monthly podcast from The Banker magazine. If you're interested in leapfrog technologies such as mobile phones and mobile banking, check out our recent feature on how cryptocurrency use is booming in Africa for remittance and e-commerce purposes, as well as an investment asset to the growing alarm of central banks. You can listen to this and other episodes in this series on thebanker.com, Apple, Spotify, Google, or wherever you access your podcasts. If you have any questions or comments about what you've heard, or if you'd like to help me narrate Africa's digital financial journey in a future episode, do get in touch at john.everington at ft.com. <laughs>